weird. <laughs> this is the queer cafeteria. The queer cafeteria. A fed up cast. And you're sitting with us at the Queer Kids table. This podcast is a companion to the annual Fed Up Fest, a queer and trans punk fest in Chicago. Hey, I'm Ash. I use they, them pronouns. And I'm Masha, and I use she, her, or they, them, or really anything respectful. And this is Queer Cafeteria. Yay. So we have a little bit of a different format for you all today. Uh, Fed Up Fest is literally days away. And so in order to get something out there, especially because we didn't have a June episode for you, we're kind of throwing together this really cute mixtape. ENTK couldn't be with us this time. And honestly, Ash and I don't really have much time to do all of this ourselves. So we've got this mixtape for this episode and we're, we'll do an intro and just let it roll. We've got some homework for you too. So uh, stick around. But first, let's check in about some things that we're excited about, you know, like we usually do. First off, I want to say that Snack Attack was super fun and hella cute. And thanks to everybody who came out and performed and brought art and just came to enjoy it. It was... Eat snacks with us. Oh my goodness. It was so cute. Did I, you all see our Instagram photo of that snack table? It was delicious. It was. I ate so was, many ring pops. I yeah. was just... My tongue was blue for beautiful. So one thing that I want to check in about um, and hype and signal boost with all of the energy I have in my body is this amazing podcast called The Lit Review. It's hosted by two of Chicago's most incredible organizers, Monica Trinidad and Paige May. And every episode, they interview folks about the books that informed the work that they do. And so one episode that I especially want to bring Queer Cafeteria listeners' attention to is their interview with Joey Mogul about the book Queer Injustice, the Criminalization of LGBT People in the United States. And that's a book that she co-wrote with Andrea Ritchie and Kay Whitlock in 2011. So I'm just going to read straight from their website about the description. They write, drawing on years of research, on-the-ground activism, and legal advocacy, their book examines queer and trans historical experiences as, quote, suspects, defendants, prisoners, and survivors of crime, and unpacks queer criminal archetypes like, quote, gleeful gay killers and, quote, lethal lesbians and the, quote, disease spreaders and, quote, deceptive gender benders to illustrate the punishment of queer expression, regardless of whether a crime was ever committed. This book illuminates and challenges the many ways in which queer and trans lives are criminalized, policed, and punished. And they recorded this episode during Pride season. Uh, They also got into some conversation about Joey's amazing direct action experiences with disrupting Chicago Pride in the 90s with Queer to the Left. So I got to tell you all, this this interview was truly incredible. Yeah. Um, So inspiring. And obviously, this book is essential reading. So hit me up if you if you want to do a reading group with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like Masha said, this is going to be kind of like a mixed tape of the sorts where we have some music from some of the bands that are going to be at the fest this weekend. And we have some of those juicy interviews we got from Snack Attack, the Homocore storytelling booth. 
We also have an interview with some of the rad people that work with El Rescate, this year's Fed Up Fest beneficiary. Yeah, the Fed Up Fest Collective um, had an adorable potluck with them the other day, and we were able to record them giving us a little taste of the workshop they are going to be facilitating at the fest on Saturday. And we'll give you more details about that at the end of the episode. Here's the mixtape. Mixtape. It's a mixtape. I have a mixtape. Make me a mixtape. Here's a mixtape. I have a mixtape for you. (laughs) I made this tape for you. Oh, it's so cute. (laughs) Okay.
And that was Dirty Night by Slopsick. Okay. Um, okay, so my my memory is about, uh, it's from camp. I went to a day camp when I was younger. Um, and this particular event was, I think I was about 12 years old. Um, so there's this, uh, there's this counselor named Brandon uh, who like played music and I was obsessed with him. Like I thought he was like so cool. Uh, and like, he was just like the most beautiful person I'd ever seen. Um, he was just like so handsome and like was in a band and would like talk about him, play guitar and stuff. And it was like, it's just awesome. Uh, and so then on like the last day of camp, he um, gave everybody in my little like pack or whatever, uh, his album. Um, and I was like so excited about that. I was like, oh my God, like he gave me a present. Like that's so cool. Like Brandon's album. Um, and then, so it was like towards the end of the, of the summer and they had this thing, which is like a counselor appreciation, like ceremony. And they would say like, oh, like such and such, like swim instructor, like gets the award for, you know, most dedicated or whatever. And then they, they go through this event and then they call out somebody's name for like best musician or something. And I think that it was, I thought that it was Brandon. Um, and so I hear this thinking that it's Brandon. I just like yell at the top of my lungs, like, go Brandon. And I'm like the only one who did that. And um, <laughs> it wasn't him. Like somebody else went up and took the award, but everyone sort of like looked at me like... <laughs> So um, that was uh, that was my memory. Um, the first time I've been uh, embarrassingly thirsty, I guess, maybe. When I should have known, yes. Okay, so I was like 12 years old in sixth grade and I met this girl and her name was Kennedy. And we had like, I think it was like fourth period together and she would make me laugh like all the time but she would make me laugh like <laughs> differently than like my guy friends would make me laugh um and so like long story short because this is a very long and complicated story um I asked her for her number like the last day of like sixth grade and we talked all of summer and then I realized oh my gosh I have a crush on this girl Here's an interview where we spoke with Karen Alex from El Rescate. Enjoy. Karen, I talked last week about what we wanted our workshop to be about, and we considered uh, a lot of what uh, the youth that we both have case managed for, like, have told us, and we decided that, like, like, the most beneficial workshop, we think, would be a holistic approach to ending homelessness, so in terms of like what we can tangibly do as a plan like how can we incorporate the education system the employment system the healthcare system all of these together in order to end homelessness because really homelessness derives from the cracks that are built within these systems and the people that slip through those and yeah, so just to add on to that i think a lot of people like think about homelessness like that exists in a vacuum without thinking like the larger systemic problems that cause that and also the intricacies that lead to like there isn't like one idyllic like homeless like narrative of that experience but we always tend to lean on those who are like able-bodied white like cisgender and like we kind of like think about homelessness in this really oversimplified framework um and so i really want to push back on that yeah 
and we think that that coordinating with and facilitating a conversation between people who have backgrounds in a lot of different facets of of government and like just generally in terms of like life, uh, we think would bring a very beneficial sort of um, result out of that. Like we would have have people contributing uh, problem solving. Uh, Problem solving from a variety of different facets, which I think is very important. Yeah. So, and so we kind of envisioned the workshop to <clears throat> be very heavily driven by who's in the room, like what knowledge we have there. Um, so it's not going to be heavily facilitated by us, um, but we'll try to keep it focused. We want to be able to create, you know, really intentional spaces about exploring like what all these things mean into the issue and what it looks like one to end homelessness, but also like, what is it like. As Alex said, like, what are the concrete things that we can do here and now um, mm-hmm. to, you know, resist what's happening, especially like with Right. And part of it, we see like we see a lot of workshops that 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 um, a lot of workshops that occur tend to be driven by theoretical ideas instead of like concrete plans. Like like this is what we will actually commit to as an organization to achieve the goals that we've set in this workshop. And we want to compensate for that by creating like tangible things that, that we each can do to contribute. Because um, that's ultimately what it comes down to is action, and not just discussion. So, yeah. That is our idea. <laughs> Stand in line until you've got this. Turn a line out of your lips. You'd rather you not raise your voice. They don't see a mess Just someone to dismiss As if you ever had a fucking choice
That was Tina Panic Noise with Bitch in the Bathroom. And we're talking about our worst dates. Our worst first, oh no, our worst dates. Yeah. Um, Emmy's gonna go first. Okay. So I was talking to this guy on Tinder. His name was Abner. And um, I didn't think he was that cute, but I was kind of into it because he was like... Oh, she thought he was her soulmate. We, we felt a big connection. Um, he was saying all these really extreme things to me, like, I love you and marry me. And I was like, wow, that's hilarious. Because I, I thought he was being sarcastic. Um, and then I went to meet up with him at the movies. And to see Captain America, right? To see Captain America one of my favorites and um, he wasn't joking it was immediately evident that he hadn't been joking about all the things that I thought were so witty and sarcastic um, and so I felt really uncomfortable and then it turned out that he brought his friends to our date um, and so we walked in and he didn't talk to me the entire previews it was just complete silence and I was like, get me the fuck out of here. But I also really wanted to see the new Captain America. So I sat through the entire thing. And then I texted Tika to um, call me with an emergency. And then I ran out of the theater and I just ran. Never looked back. I ran away. I sprinted to my car. Because I went out the wrong door. And I just sprint around the entire um, mall that we were in. And, yeah. and then I drove away and never talked to him. That's story it. of Abner. Um, I'll tell mine. Brutal. I'll tell one really quick. This is kind of like a worst hookup kind of thing, but it's actually not the worst. It was actually really hot. But it could be told in like a magazine, a teen magazine, as the worst. So I was in love with this guy named Zur, and on Valentine's Day of 2014, I believe, we were at a party, and he was drunk and I wasn't, and we were flirting, and then we went back to my room with like four other people, and we all got in big bed, and we like touched each other's tongues. We were like staring at each other and just like stuck our tongues out like, and just touched tongues, but we didn't kiss at all. And then we like fell asleep spooning and he was like fingering my belly button. And I woke up the next morning with a giant booger in my belly button that I am pretty positive was his booger that he just put in my belly button. And since then we still have never hooked up even though I'm madly in love with him. And yeah. And I hope he hears this. Shout out to Zer. Shout out to Zer. We love you, Zer. Also, I mean, I love you, Zer, but um, the reason I told this story is because he fucking called me tonight. About three weeks ago, I was in Mexico, and uh, I spent one night in Mexico City on my return unexpectedly because my flight had been delayed for a night. And I spent hours in the airport trying to haggle with the airport companies, the the airline companies, to get them to compensate me for having delayed their flight for a whole night. And obviously they tried to wash their hands of everything. Uh, 
and so I was left in the lurch without a place to go for the night or to lay my head or anything. And so I hit up a friend and someone who I'd met the week before and spent a really great couple of days with um, sort of unexpectedly. You meet these, you meet certain people and uh, develop a relationship that may seem like it's not going to turn into anything because you're both going in different directions pretty immediately and so I, I hit them up sort of unexpected no, not expecting anything because we just met uh, the week before and I was asking I was looking for a place to stay anyway it, it turned out they were around and free for the night and so we met up they picked me up from the airport and we went over to their friend's house and you know, we went out to some really cool bars and ended up back at the place. And we were laying in, in bed. It was like already two in the morning. It was getting late. And we were laying in bed together. And uh, she turns to me and, she, you know, we're talking. And she's like, I think I think I hear some water running in the background. And so I, I kind of didn't think about it and said, that's oh, probably the toilet. Whatever, whatever. 20 minutes later she's like I think I still hear that water running and so I'm like alright well let's go check on it and we, we like walk around the apartment go into the kitchen and the fucking sink is still running after like an hour it had filled up the entire sink and was just pouring out onto the floor of the kitchen so I run over and turn off the sink and as I run over I realize I'm splashing through water on the ground and I look down and my feet are almost submerged in two inches of water from the overflowing sink. So obviously I'm mortified. She's mortified. We're scooping up water off the ground with bowls naked in this random person's kitchen where we're staying for one night while I'm unexpectedly in Mexico City. We're both freaking out and the owner might come home at any minute and find us scooping water off her kitchen floor in bowls, or with bowls, naked. Thankfully, you know, we got everything cleaned up within an hour. Before the person came home, all it took was one large comforter, two small bowls, and a larger mixing bowl. And it ended up being a night to remember. So yeah, that's my story. Okay, so when I was 16, everybody was really obsessed with Polaroid cameras, right? So I had one. No, those are disposables. I had one that I would take everywhere and to parties. And I was dating this girl at the time. We were making out on the couch, and my friend took a picture of us making out. Basically, I never knew about this photograph that was taken because I was making out. I developed the photographs, and for some reason, my dad picked them up from me. And um, instead of just picking up the photographs and giving them to me, he apparently picked them up and looked through all of them. And um, when I got home, my mom says, hey, we gotta talk to you, do you wanna come downstairs? And I, don't, I have no idea what they're talking about at all, so I like deleted all of my texts out of my phone because I was obviously in trouble. Um, <laughs> and then I, uh, then I went downstairs and they just go to this awkward conversation of like, do you have anything you wanna tell us? Are you like comfortable? Is there anything you want to talk about? 
And then they bring up this photograph, and I still don't have any idea what they're talking about. And then my dad also goes into like a crying hysteric, like, what did I do wrong? How could I, how did I fail this? And then takes me to church for like three weeks after. And then we never talked about it again. Um, me and my dad still haven't really talked about my sexuality at all, but I would say that that picture was probably um, how I came out. Yeah. My awkward hookup was when I was with this girl. We had just had amazing sex. Although her pH balance was thrown off, it was awesome sex. It was out of this world. But then after we finished, mind you, my mom was downstairs with my little sister. After we finished and we were in the bathroom together, she asked me, how did she taste and how did she smell? And I really didn't know what to say. And honestly, I think I just froze at the I immediately, I immediately lied. Like I didn't know what to say to it because we had just had amazing sex. Uh, despite her pH balance being thrown off, I didn't know what to say. So that was my most awkward hookup. Being in the bathroom in close proximity to the girl I just had sex with asking me how did she taste. It was just so awkward and I lied off top. So a year and a half ago, I came out to my relatives. Um, before, I would only come out to my mom and dad, and I had no idea how I would come out to everyone, just because being Asian American, being gay is a big um, taboo in my culture. And so I went home for Christmas, and my mom invited over 20 of my relatives over. She cooked everyone a nice meal, made noodles for lunch, and then there I sat at the end of the table, and I told everyone I was gay. Um, I was afraid to. It was probably the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life. Um, just because it's the older generation and they're also from a different culture. But one by one, my aunts and uncles went around the circle and told me how much they loved me and supported me. And I think that's probably one of my proudest moments of my life. Just being surprised by the love and support that I got from my family. Even if they didn't understand what being gay was like. just heard Anhedonia by the band Inverts. The thing that probably made me realize I was gay was this really good movie called But I'm a Cheerleader, which I saw when I was like eight or something, and it just like changed my life. Like I realized that there were suddenly other people who were like interested in people of the same gender and sex. So, yeah. 
I was eight. Yeah. I was sitting watching the watching it in the dark in my grandparents' house. And I was like, what is this? And I was like obsessed with the movie forever. Like after that. So I like knew up and was able to find it. It was amazing. My name is Miguel, M-I-G-U-E-L. I watched a show called Guerra de los Sexos. And it was, it was like a comedy show, kind of. Um, and basically one of the segments was like, you answer questions, and if you get them wrong, you like take a piece of clothing off. And every time the guy would take a piece of clothing off, I would exaggerate and like hide under my pillow and be like, gross, like this is gross. But then like, sneakily like peeking at him, be like, yeah, take that shit off. Like, I'm trying to see you in your underwear. And I was like, exaggerating. I was like, damn, that's gross as fuck. Like, why is he in his underwear? But like, internally being like, yes, like, I want that. How old were you? I was like, definitely like 12. I was like, hell yeah. I was like, I need more of this. Yeah, I was like, this is my station. This is my show. Can't miss a thing. My name is Mikkel, M-I-C-A-E-L, and definitely what made me gay was a combination of Jesse from Team Rocket in Pokemon and uh, ramen noodles. <laughs> I, you know, I would love to explain that more thoroughly, but I don't know if I'm in the stage of my life where I really can. What is it about Jesse that was? Oh man, I don't know, but I'm still into redheads. She exudes like, confidence. Like, she does, and she wait, just has it going she's a on. Powerful woman. I haven't watched that show in forever, but I remember watching it with my brothers when I was little, and I was like, I don't know what this feeling is, but I think it's good. Like I think it's like supposed to be happening. And I remember just sitting in my room, like just alone, and just sitting and staring at the door, being like, Jesse, what? is going on between me and Jesse. Like there's something real here. Like I can feel it with our hearts and our emotions and bodies and minds. And she's just she's still my dream woman. She's the one for me. <laughs>
to go home because she had a dog and she had to go feed her dog, let her dog out, and I was so thankful for her dog. And then the next week is Valentine's Day and she asked me out on a date for Valentine's Day and I declined and instead watched Empire Records with my friend and we did not ever date. But we did make dandelion wine together because we were lesbians in Michigan and that's what you do. our mixtape here is your homo work homo work um obviously it's to come to fed up fest doy yeah come see us it's- and if you can't be there we're gonna do our best to get something up on facebook live so fed up fest is happening july 28th 29th and 30th at co-prosperity sphere uh which is 3219 south morgan in chicago it's in the bridgeport neighborhood friday saturday and sunday this weekend yeah and the space is um wheelchair accessible um and it's all ages um there's child care yeah we'll definitely have child care all day on saturday bring your little punks we have yeah. earplugs yeah we'll have earplugs we'll have snacks and a few meals over the course of the weekend and we're asking for 15 bucks a day or a weekend pass for 35 bucks. And so if you're wondering about who is going to be playing the fest, here they are in order of appearance. Friday the 28th. Nervous Wreck. Doggo. Inverts. Jean Jam. Gasm. Dream Probe. Pris. Saturday the 29th. Tina Panic Noise. Fist Fucker. Plastic Garbage. No Men. Vex. Cloud Gazer. Royal Brett. Blacker Face. Sunday the 30th. Total Bliss. Anybody but the cops. Marat. Contentious. Bony. Slop sink. Bruised. And rebirth garments with frillability. They'll be doing a rebirthing ceremony to close out the fest. Yes, it's going to be so awesome. And here's some more stuff to do this weekend. On Saturday, we're going to have the following workshops. At 1230, a couple storefronts up at the Learning Machine, El Rescate is going to be doing their workshop on holistic approaches to combating youth homelessness. Also on Saturday at 12.30, there's going to be a bystander intervention training, and that's going to be facilitated by the People's Response Team. And then at 2.30, we have a very exciting panel for y'all called Forever Queer, Forever Punk. 
which will be a conversation exploring aging while queer, trans, gender nonconforming, and intersex in punk. Jill Flanagan of the band Forced Into Femininity is going to be moderating a panel that consists of Martine Sarandagai of Limp Wrist and Los Crudos, Travis 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 of Ono, oh Miriam Bastani of Condonata and Permanent Ruin, and Jess Skolnick of Split Feet as they confront the issue of ageism and punk. On Sunday at noon, Rising Tide Chicago will be doing a workshop and discussion on direct action and movement building. And I just want to remind everyone that the walls at Fed Up Fest this year will be adorned with amazing artworks by queer and trans artists from all around. Okay, so let's wrap this episode up. Um, for folks who cannot make it to the fest, do not fret. Uh, this podcast will be broadcasting some of the exciting things that will be happening this weekend. And be sure to follow Fed Up Fest on Facebook because we're going to be Facebook Live broadcasting some of the performances this weekend. So credits and thank yous for this episode include all of the amazing people who came to Snack Attack and shared their stories. We want to thank all the artists and I want to thank everyone who's put their time and efforts into making this year's Fed Up Fest really awesome. I'm excited to see everyone and uh, to raise money for El Rescate and... Uh, build a stronger and healthier community we're done also thank you to bruised slap sync tina panic noise and inverts for letting us feature their music on this episode better fest is going to be tight see y'all in the pit Woo! <laughs> class dismissed